Mark, what is one piece of uh, investor relations material or pitch materials that has made the biggest impact in your, um, in your conversation rate and working with investors compared to maybe before you previously used it? So when we got started back in uh, oh, 2006, uh, there was no general solicitation. So it was a, a 506B uh, offering and a PPM. And honestly, it was really all word of mouth. You know, friends and family, it started out that way. And then obviously from there, it was referrals. So when we have now, you know, through the, uh, the recent uh, legislation from the Obama administration, been able to do a 506C where we can generally solicit. So we're obviously very focused. Uh, and I will tell you that uh, I'm old enough to tell you I don't know what I don't know. So uh, I literally have a lot of people in, uh, beneath me to show me the ways of the internet and the worlds of uh, social, social marketing, social media marketing. So. We do a lot of uh, work with uh, a company called Realmex. We have a database software of roughly 40,000 names at this point of interest that have uh, shown interest over our 17 year history. And we spend a lot of time on that uh, with regards to blogging, uh, with regards to showing pertinent information that's relative to our space and actually our marketplace. Uh, again, not everybody uh, in um, Indiana wants to invest in the Bay Area, but uh, we do focus on specifically those people who do. Uh, in addition to that, the other, uh, I think, real uh, advantage we have is we, we have been focusing uh, in the family office space recently with a software package uh, called Fintrix, and that's been extremely helpful for us in, in uh, identifying people who actually are like-minded and we've done very well with that in, re in regards to finding family offices that like our space. We are a specific menu item. So uh, we, uh, if we're not in your menu, then we get it. But those who definitely are in our menu item, we focus on them. So I would say face-to-face, -face, you know, post-COVID has always yeah. been the best, uh, the best methodology in, in my old person's book. <laughs> Michael, I kind of want to jump to you with that same question because you being in the crypto space, I feel like that is is such a wide variety of who's okay with it, who knows it, who has zero interest in it. So how do you overcome that or what has set you helped set you apart with a material or an aspect that you present? Well, again, um, we're, we're a fund for credit investors. I, I guess I could reach out to the audience. Um, I know everybody's pretty much here as a credit investor, um, but um, how many people here, this is not crypto, just in general, are currently allocating into either hedge funds or venture capital funds? Show of hands. Okay. Seems like they're all in the back. They want to, don't want to be uh, <laughs> disturbed. Um, and uh, second question is, uh, how many people are currently looking at a cryptocurrency investment of any kind? Okay. Even smaller number of hands. Also in the back. Awesome. But um, so those who put your hands up on either of those, you should uh, come to our booth, Alpha Transform. And um, we're going to be holding a little um, uh, private dinner tonight for people who are allocators or are interested in cryptocurrency investors. So those 15 or 20 of you, that's about the size of our private dining room. So that's marketing. That's marketing. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I see what you did there. I appreciate that. <laughs>
I'm going to jump into the middle. Chase, do you want to answer that yeah, question? Yeah, sure. Um, I think for us, you know, speaking to some of the COVID face-to-face -face aspect, it's been a blend of what we learned in COVID and still applying it now while bringing back the face-to-face. -face. Um, we haven't done any general solicitation. We, you know, we've, we have a, about 1,300 individuals who keep a pulse on our investments and about 700 who have invested. And I think the difference that the feedback we've received is uh, what we do is we, we have investor meetings where for any given opportunity, um, you know, we've done over 20 different investments across different industries. We'll have a meeting where we have either the founder of that company um, come and pitch and talk about uh, how they built to where they're at, their plan, their projections, et cetera. Have the investors, you know, we usually have about 50 in person and over 100 on Zoom. And so we'll broadcast it live, have people come, meet them, hear the strategy from the founder, not from us and from our deck. Because a lot of people, I'm sure some of you experience this, it's pretty shocking when you have a data room with uh, abundance of uh, diligence materials and models, the percentage of people that actually look at that compared to the percentage of people that invest, it's pretty shocking. Um, and I think people like, again, to hear that face-to-face. -face. So having the in-person meeting and then what we do is not only broadcast it on Zoom, but we'll record it and send out the replay for the other 600 that can't make it at that day at that time. Um, so they can have that face-to-face -face experience they can feel like a sophisticated investor, whether they are a family office or they're a retail investor, they can pause the replay, they can rewind it, they have full access to that. So that's been a huge asset for us. Awesome. Sophie, do you have something to add? Uh, well, I was about to say, I mean, we're going through exactly the same process. Okay. Right. Uh, and we're opening a data room, by the way. So, you know, exactly the same thing. I mean, COVID has uh, actually... Uh, you know, made us think that, you know, face-to-face, -face, nothing beats face-to-face, -face basically. And, and this is what we were aware of since since COVID, basically. And, of course, I met a lot of investors, you know, like online and never met them physically. Uh, but then uh, it wouldn't have the same impact as as when, when you meet them, like, you know, physically. And that's for sure. Um, and reason why, you know, uh, I, I, I traveled from, uh, from Dubai, where I'm based, uh, it's 12 hours difference. I mean, uh, and, and I think, uh, I mean, it's worth it uh, most of the time. So I can realize that, you know, the, 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 the conversion rate, like the engagement rate is higher when, when you meet people face to face, basically. So exactly the same as, as just you mentioned. Yeah. Has anybody on this panel had extreme success with the, with the opposite, with being completely Zoom or completely remote and versus meeting in person in, in in a way i mean we our team is uh, really uh, geographically diverse we have a partner in barcelona we have a team in asia and so time zones never ever align um and so inevitably two-thirds of the team is doing something virtual and, and meeting we can't always meet in person or we can't even we're actually meeting asynchronous now so um you know much more goes into that team building and trust internally in terms of how we operate um and then being able to engage with you know, entrepreneurs we're working with as well. It's um, if you can get to those conferences where there's a lot large group when you get people in the room, that's super important. But being able to also work asynchronously and and have to basically, you're, we're not giving up the Zoom. You know, it's just going to be part of our lives, unfortunately. Yeah. It's not always possible to do every meeting physically, and it's not just COVID. Uh, when I started uh, Bid Angels in 2013, it was uh, getting investors from Japan and Korea and uh, the Soviet Union together with startups from Peru and uh, 
you know, Mexico City and the Philippines, and so you couldn't get them all in one place. And so really the first couple of years was people pitching, uh, you know, through, it was before Zoom, actually. Um, it was on gotomeeting.com, and, uh, you know, we had in February of 2014, Vitalik talking to everybody about this thing called Ethereum he was building. And um, so we still today, bitangels.network, um, if you're interested in just funding individual crypto companies in the early stages, we were in 25 cities, but we also have a monthly um, uh, Zoom, which is for the companies that are not in those places or for ones that did really good on the local chapter and uh, we feel that should be exposed to a larger audience. And then they all end up at the uh, annual coin agenda conferences that we put on. And do you do a lot of in-person or virtual yes. meetings? Yes. So prior to actually starting Return on Good, my husband and I owned a digital marketing company. So I'm all about the digital marketing. We sold it to venture capital and our exit. Um, the internet's the great equalizer, right? Like the internet is where we live in a global economy and we're able to communicate with anyone. So I'm a giant proponent of video, I'm a huge proponent of a 30 second elevator pitch of here is a crisp, concise message that my high school son can understand or my 75 year old mom can understand. So I, I guess I would say that Every method of communication in person, Zoom, is important. Um, but the internet, Chris Digital, and a very Chris Digital um, pitch, I think, is really important. Yeah. The only thing that I would add is I think that that Zoom or virtual meetings add some efficiency. And I, I think what I find is a lot of investors want to have that initial meeting uh, virtually, and then they want to have a follow up meeting. If they want to have a follow up meeting it's in person. Uh, we did that. It was very effective for us. We went to the JP Morgan healthcare conference and, and I don't know, I think there was one group that we met with there that we had not met with virtually, but the, the majority of the meetings were follow-up meetings. Great. I have to agree. I do a lot of first time phone calls with someone that's just calling in and inquiring about what is a family office or what do you do? And, and so I have a lot of those first time calls and then I move to a zoom meeting and do a full, hi, I'm Holly. <laughs> Nice to put a face to a name and, and those go a long way and then finally getting to meet everyone in person at, at these events that we host. So good to hear that. We do have about four minutes left of this panel. So I wanna open up and see if anybody has any questions because this has been some this has been some great conversations happening up here. And is anybody out there struggling with their opportunity and have any specific questions about how to just get to that next step or that next level that anybody can ask the panelists up here? Everybody's perfect. Everybody's raising. I'll, I'll share one thing quickly yeah. while people are thinking about uh, questions to ask. Um, back to this kind of, you know, you're, you were asking about how to how to present and package and and communicate what you're doing. Um, one of the things because we're very very early stage and the the we're really investing in a category change of new capital that's moving into um, into climate environment and and natural assets. Um, and so our portfolio is very diverse. So being able to find an aggregate number that kind of represents the traction of the of the portfolio was super important for us we have 19 investments thus far it's a pre-seed strategy so there'll be ultimately 60 uh tech projects in the fund um and how do you come to understand those when they come from you know renewable energy to forestry and and, and all these other uh areas so being able to say what was the net new demand across the portfolio from inbound LOIs, memorandums of, of understanding or actual sales traction. Um, and then 
being able to talk about the net new supply that people were bringing on market via acreage, like basically how much of the planet are, is our technology touching, and being able to put those two together. We have 130 million in net new demand coming into the all of the portfolio was a great way to shorthand what's happening across 20 different com companies. Great. Did anybody have any questions? Perfect. Over here. Okay. Hello, everybody. My, my name is Jazal. I'm with the Nestec Builder. And my question is for Chase. Hey, Chase. I was, um, I was totally impressed with how you mentioned that you raised half a billion in three years. Um, can you share some insight at, or some insight or some tips as to how you you and your team were able to accomplish such a goal? Yeah, Great absolutely. Um, yeah, I think again it goes back to the innovation and marketing. Um, but it, it starts with finding great deals. We we like to view investing as having great returns, great investments is it's kind of like the bare minimum to participate. Um, obviously, if if these people didn't have great investments, great opportunities. They would or will go out of business. All of us would. Like inevitably, you won't stick around if you don't have good returns. Um, that's the bare minimum to participate. So I think viewing that as okay, that's the bare minimum. Now, how do we excel? Um, and so that's where that innovation and marketing has come into place. And it's getting feedback from investors and saying, hey, how could we make this easier for you? Again, to the data room for the small percent that actually look at those materials. It's what do you want to see in the data room that's not there? Um, what outputs are easy for your team to digest for our family office clients and for our retail clients it's having the simplified materials it's having the videos it's having the replays it's having a, a one-page summary that people can see and then I think you know honestly you have to view it also as a as a bit of a sales funnel in the sense that people need follow-up they need communication they need deadlines you know we'll often create arbitrary deadlines because people without a deadline they, they just don't act and so it's having that and, and helping people move along, following up, not being overbearing. It's, hey, you, you watch the Zoom meeting, any questions we can help answer. Hey, reminder, our wire deadline is, is next Friday by 5 p.m. end of day. Um, any way we can help in that process. And so it's, it's that, and it's also building out the team, you know, having the right people in the right seats, you know, to have the, the talented individuals to do the diligence. I'm not the one that's deep in the model. His name's Alden Funk, and he could crank on that thing till 4 a.m. every morning. Um, but it's also having the compliance, the legal, the operations, um, people that can answer questions at any time of day. I think we, we really stress, um, you know, replying right away. It doesn't matter if it's 8 p.m. at night, you gotta, you gotta respond. So those are a few thoughts. Hopefully that was helpful. Awesome. Well, thank you everyone on this panel and thank you for the audience to participation. Join the Family Office Club by visiting familyoffices.com. We look forward to seeing you at our next live event.